Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day it is. For y'all, we're going to go for one of our little walks today. We go out in the pasture today. You can hear the guineas in the background. Got a horrifically ugly sunset this afternoon. I hope you can sense my sarcasm in there. Half dozen deer running out across the pasture and two dogs who think that they're going to catch them. No wifey, no children, not today. For those of y'all that continue to give me a little bit of your time each day, I appreciate that very much. Uh, And for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and to help it grow, um, I'm grateful and humbled. I just want to make sure that y'all always know that I don't say it out of rote, but I truly do appreciate it, and I truly am shocked. Had a pretty, pretty good week as a whole for our little podcast last week. So thank y'all so much because I know it's people sharing it that's helping it. So probably, I'll give y'all a little warning, folks. This is probably going to be a lengthy one. So what I think I'm going to do is we'll probably end up doing this in two parts and I'll just try and find a good spot midway to cut off and and then we'll go go back into it. So it's probably going to be a couple. We're going to do one that I've been putting off uh, for a long time. One that I knew was going to come since the very beginning of the podcast at some point. And I'm probably not going to do justice to it, but I'll do the best I can this first time around, and as with so many others, we'll come back and hit it again at some point. We're going to go to Thomas Jefferson today, and we're going to really focus on his letter to the Danbury Baptist Church, and I'm going to use some supporting evidence, some supporting comments of his to really show folks just how egregious, how immoral, how malevolent or ignorant or both the separation of church and state rulings, because it's really a group of rulings, folks. That first one, the separation of church and state, really set the stage. But then we've continued to kick God out of institution after institution. And it just simply was never what was intended by our founders or or even by Jefferson. And and we never should have we never should have obeyed it. And and I know that sounds <laughs> I know what it sounds like. But even one of Jefferson's own comments is going to show you and I, I guess really his whole life and that of our founding fathers how well they understood that you did not obey a government that was truly immoral. Uh, and, and that is definitely what we have become as a nation because of that ruling kicking God out of the education of our youth primarily, but our other institutions and policies. So we're going to start actually not with 
the Danbury letter itself, uh, but we're going to start with a couple other pieces of information that I think kind of set the stage. If you don't know Jefferson that well, uh, he was a jack of all trades, author, architect, educator, uh, scientist, gardener, uh, huge gardener, folks, if you don't know anything about it. If you ever get the chance, I have never had the chance to go to Monticello, which was his estate. But he's got, I believe, a thousand foot garden that he worked on. And one of his quotes was something along the lines of, I believe it was his, I may be misattributing it here, folks, but I'm pretty sure it was Jefferson said that no man can benefit his country better than one who creates a new species of, of vegetable or, or garden plant of some kind. So he had a real high, as did quite a few of our founders. You know, Washington was very big into agriculture, ahead of his time in a lot of ways, and worked a lot with mules, development of mules. And so our founders had a huge respect for the contributions of agriculture and the men and women who pursued that. And we've definitely lost that. And that's been another thing that the left has, as a, person, I'll just leave it at that, long, long ago in my life, uh, who I was pretty close with, and they made the comment one time that ah, there's really no point. We weren't a agriculture society anymore, and we really didn't need to be. That wasn't something that was any good for our country, and and they leaned pretty dramatically to the left, and that's something, folks, that really has the left has done a good job of convincing us that we don't need agriculture, that that's for the, the peons and the peasants to do. And that's nothing that we should be concerned with. And that's that goes directly against our founding fathers, many of them, their opinions and their actions. Uh, and then Jefferson, <clears throat> president of the United States, obviously served in quite a few other roles. The list is too long. Uh, he introduced a resolution in the Virginia Assembly calling for a day of fasting and prayer. You know, that's something that we don't talk about very often, but a lot of these back in November, and we'll probably do it again this year, when we read through a lot of those letters about fasting and prayer and humiliation, it was a big deal. It was something that the entire nation got together to do, to seek God's forgiveness and to fast, you know, not to eat and to pray and to focus on God throughout that whole day. And they did it multiple times over and over again at uh, good events, when the country was struggling, when we were fearful. And so it's kind of interesting that this man that's been used by the left so frequently to demonstrate how we need to kick God out of our public life was the one in Virginia that introduced it. And then the Declaration of Independence, of course, July 4th, 1776, a couple excerpts, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitles them. Just a little side note, we've talked about this with Blackstone before, folks. That's a direct reference to, at that time period, direct reference to God, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Christian God, the only God. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, 
that they are endowed by their creator, again, God, with certain inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Amazing that life's the very first inalienable right, and yet we've slaughtered over 60 million of our own babies. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled, appealing to the Supreme Judge, capitalized again in reference to God, of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, and for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, again, reference to God, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. You know, it's even if that's the only evidence that you had from Jefferson, considering he was the chief architect of the Declaration, that would be more than enough to stop the nonsense of these Supreme Court judges back in the 20th century if they had any real honor and integrity at all. Uh, the fact that God, and, and it was obviously, folks, it was blatantly, the, you know, God the Father of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. There, there was no ambiguous nature about that at that time period. So to then make a ruling that says, well, we're going to kick God out of, of society, out of our public policy. Uh, I mean, as I, as I say often, it's just gross ignorance of history, heritage, or, or malevolence. And maybe at this point it doesn't even matter anymore, but something about the Marine Corps in the back of my mind keeps rattling around. You need to know your enemies. So there is a reason to know whether it's gross ignorance or malevolence. At least today there is for sure. Uh, this is a, a lot of this, folks. A big chunk of this, most of it, is coming from America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotations. Now, that's not to say you can find it other places. Obviously, that stuff I just pulled from the Declaration, the information that I got on Jefferson, you, you could pull from so many sources it's impossible to list. I'm just giving you my particular source, which is pretty well referenced. Shortly after the signing of the Declaration of Independence, a committee was appointed to draft a seal for the newly United States, which would express the spirit of this new nation. Thomas Jefferson proposed the following. The children of Israel in the wilderness, led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Shocking to me that Jefferson, uh, who's supposed to be this big advocate for kicking God and Jesus Christ out of our public institutions out of our courts out of our education when he proposed a seal for the united states that would represent this new country talked about god the father jesus christ the leader of israel and how he led the children out of the wilderness after they after pharaoh kicked them out of egypt obviously the implication there is folks if you don't if you don't see it is that it was God that was leading us as a country, and that's who we would look to by day and by night. So just kind of keep those two things in the back of your mind uh, for this next little bit. Because, again, really all you need is the declaration, but that, that proposal of the seal also really just, there's no way, folks, no way that, that Jefferson was looking to kick God and Jesus Christ, his son, out of uh, our public institutions in the United States. So this is going to be, this next little excerpt is coming straight out of 
America's God and Country Encyclopedia. On January 1st, 1802, Jefferson wrote a letter to the Danbury Baptist Association of Danbury, Connecticut, calming their fears that Congress was not in the process of choosing any one single Christian denomination in order to make it the state denomination, as was the case with the Anglican Church in England and Virginia. In his letter to the Danbury Baptists, who had experienced severe persecution for their faith, Jefferson borrowed phraseology from the famous Baptist minister, Roger Williams, who said, quote, The hedge or wall of separation between the garden of the church and the wilderness of the world, God hath ever broke down the wall. Jefferson's letter included, Believing with you that religion is a matter which lies solely between man and his God, that he owes account to none other for faith or his worship, that the legislative powers of government reach actions only and not opinions, I contemplate with solemn reverence that act of the whole American people which declared that their legislation should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof thus building a wall of separation between church and state. That was the quote from Jefferson's letter. This is continuing in America's God and Country. This personal letter reassured the Baptists that any government's hands were tied from interfering with or in any way controlling the affairs or decisions of the churches in America. Thomas Jefferson did not sign the Constitution, nor was he present at the Constitutional Convention of 1787. Neither was he present when the First Amendment and religious freedom were debated in the first session of Congress in 1789, as he was out of the country in France as a U.S. minister. Due to his not being present to hear all the comments of the Founding Fathers regarding the First Amendment, Thomas Jefferson had to rely on second-hand information to learn what had transpired in that first session of Congress. This rendered his letter to the Danbury Baptist, which was written 13 years after the First Amendment, ineligible to be considered a first-hand reflection of the intent of the constitutional delegates. <laughs> There's so much there, folks. Uh, as I said, this was going to be lengthy, and it probably, I'll probably have to cut some stuff out this one this time even to get a two-part podcast in. And we'll come back to it, as I said, muscle memory, the Marine Corps, what I say so often, folks, here, for those of y'all that listen to the podcast. So, where to start? (laughs) First off, Jefferson was assuring this pastor that the state was not going to protect, was not going to pick one particular Christian denomination over another. He was not saying that the government was not going to follow God and the principles of Jesus Christ. And if you know anything about Jefferson's other quotes, he was big on that. He made that comment multiple times that the only that he was a Christian in the truest sense and that he followed the precepts of Jesus Christ. He said that time and again. And if we have to have time, we'll get to a few of them today. But so he, he was not saying at all that he was going to that that they needed to kick God out of public institutions. He go back. Remember, again, he was the one that instituted the day of fasting and prayer in Virginia in the Virginia Assembly. And he called for it a couple times, numerous times as president. So this idea that he didn't want God and Jesus Christ in 
action in public policy is ludicrous. It's it's just it doesn't even make any sense. It's and it's not factual. It's not historical. It's a complete twisting of separation of church and state. He was assuring these Baptists who had suffered persecution for their faith that that they were not going to come in, that the United States was not going to come in and say, okay, now everybody has to be Methodist. Everybody has to be Church of England, Presbyterian, whatever it is, right? That was the original intent of his letter. Now, double even worse than that, when the Supreme Court used this to justify their completely immoral and ignorant or malevolent decision, it's not even a first-hand source. He wasn't even there at the argument of the First Amendment. He was off across the ocean doing what he was supposed to do, but he wasn't here. So now the Supreme Court has taken a comment from a letter 13 years later from a man who wasn't even there about the First Amendment to completely twist what the First Amendment says. Folks, I'm just almost beside myself. You can't figure out that that was done evilly. I don't know what else I can give you. I could probably just stop right there. Those decisions in the 20th century about separation of church and state, kicking God out of the education of our children, kicking God out of our public institutions, and trying to say that we did not want God and Jesus Christ in our government and country, it's totally a lie. It's, it's, a, it's the, probably the single greatest lie that's ever been pulled over on our country, at least in my opinion, folks. And it has done more damage to our country than any enemy outside could have ever hoped to accomplish, ever. You know, and that goes back to Lincoln's comments about we're never going to fall from the outside. We're only going to fall from the inside. We're doing a pretty dang good job of it. All right, folks. So as I said, we're going to leave it there for today. And we will pick up with the second half of this in a couple days. For those of y'all that continue to join me here again, thank y'all. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast, which is still growing, (laughs) thank you. Uh, I'm ever humbled and grateful. I hope that y'all have a wonderful rest of whatever's left of your day. And I hope that y'all will remember in whatever area, whatever walk of life you're in, folks, you have the ability to spread the truth and to shine a little light into the darkness. And it's a big deal, huge deal. So I will leave you all with that. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. And we will talk again real soon. Looking forward to it.